Hello, and welcome to the Fuel Run Recover podcast, helping everyday runners fuel better, run smarter, and recover faster so you can reach your full performance potential. I'm your host, Stephanie Natchek, dietitian, fitness coach, and a fellow runner too. As the owner of Stephanie Natchek Performance Nutrition, I've spent the last 10 years helping runners learn to fuel their bodies, level up their running performance, and establish healthier relationships with food and exercise. If you're ready to reconnect with your love of running, then let's get started on today's episode. All right. So before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to invite you to check out a few great free resources that I created just for runners. To get them, all you have to do is click on the link in the show notes or visit www.stephanienachuk.com. If you visit my website, there's a little pop-up box that comes up and it'll prompt you to enter your email address and these guides will be sent right to your inbox. The first guide is my fueling guide for runners. So in this resource, you'll find my top fueling tips for runners, as well as some specific meal ideas for both your pre and post run fuel. If you've been struggling to understand what to eat when to support your running and just figuring out like what those meal ideas, like what those meals look like, what kind of foods you should be including before versus after you run, what the difference is between pre and post run fueling, then this guide is exactly what you need to get you started on the right path. The other guide that I created is my strength training guide for runners. So this guide includes both a PDF resource, has some tips, guidelines, and links to my YouTube series where I actually walk you through all of the exercises in the program. This is a great beginner strength training guide for runners who want an effective but efficient full body workout that helps support the key muscles and movements you need to run stronger and injury free. So once again, both of these guides are available together. I have them put together as a little bundle for you. You can just click on the link in the show notes or go over to www.stephanienatchek.com, enter your email address just the one time, and both of these free guides will get sent to your inbox right away. I hope you enjoy these resources and find them helpful in supporting you and your running. And now let's get into today's episode. All right. Hello and welcome back to the Fuel Run Recover podcast. Here we are kicking off season two and I am so, so excited to bring you not only today's episode, but season two as a whole. If you are a returning listener and you checked out some episodes in season one, then I want to say thank you so much for uh, being there for our first season and for supporting the podcast. And, you know, if you shared an episode with a friend, spread the word about this new podcast, uh, I really, really appreciate it. And of course, thank you for coming back and checking out season two. If you are a new listener, then welcome. It's wonderful to have you here. And I hope that you do have a little bit of time, spend some time going back and checking out all of the great content, interviews, tips, everything we had to share in season one. And, you know, I, I hope you're looking forward to season two as much as I am. So here we are. It is the beginning of January when I'm sitting down to record this very first episode uh, that will be dropping for season two. And today I thought was a perfect time to talk about getting ready for your very first marathon. I know that for a lot of people who have a race 
At some point throughout the year in 2024, you're signing up for a big event like a marathon. Um, you know, January is kind of the time to get started. You know, even if the actual race isn't taking place for quite a few months, this is sort of when we start maybe base building, start training, start thinking about getting ready. So today I wanted to share 10 tips for your very first marathon. I think we will also be having some episodes coming up to talk about, you know, tips for maybe running your first 5K, 10K half marathon, ultra run, uh, things like that as well. But I want to start with the marathon because I think that, you know, it's a common distance that, you know, obviously plenty of runners, tens of thousands or probably millions of runners um, run every single year. But also it's something that does require a lot of proper planning and, and preparation. And it's not to discount or kind of um, undermine the other distances because to race a 5K really well and, and you know, have a goal race time to have a PR in a 5K or, or anything like that does, of course, require a strategy and to know a lot about how you want to go into that run. Um, but, you know, you can walk a 5K if you needed to and you'll be okay. You'll cross the finish line. Everything's probably going to go fine. For a marathon, though, it's a little bit of a different story. You know, the marathon distance is challenging, even for very experienced runners. There is a certain amount of preparation, knowledge, strategy, and and really respect that I think the marathon distance kind of requires that because if you're in the running community and you're kind of immersed in running all the time, like so many of us are, it doesn't seem like it because everywhere you turn, everywhere you look, somebody ran a marathon every single day this week. And it just feels like something that everyone just picks up and does with no thought or no preparation. And I want to really try to change your mind about that and let you know that if you are, uh, you know, embarking on the marathon distance for the first time this year, then I really want you to think about these tips and, and think about these pieces of advice that I'm going to share with you so that you can prepare adequately and not maybe have a very disappointing, damaging, uh, injury-prone race experience. So without further ado, we're going to dive right into my 10 tips. These are not in any particular order, so there's no ranking of like, okay, this is like my number one tip versus my not so important tip. They're just, you know, a list that I put together uh, as I was preparing for this episode. And tip number one is give yourself enough time to prepare. I can't stress this enough. Giving yourself enough time to get ready to train your body to prepare yourself mentally and physically for running a marathon is something that will contribute significantly towards your success on race day. And this is, you know, again, not just a matter of like, okay, physically, can my body handle doing this much running? But it's also, did I have enough time to do enough long runs where I could practice my fueling and practice my hydration and feel confident in my gear and I know what to wear and I've run maybe uh, in different weather conditions and I feel comfortable even if the weather isn't great on race day, I'm still prepared. We want to go through all of that to really have the physical ability to do the distance, but also the mental resilience and preparedness to be able to run even if things are not going perfectly, or at least have a plan in place for all of these different possible scenarios. Now, in terms of exactly how much time you need to prepare for a marathon, that really depends. So 
I wish that I could sit here and I could say to you, you know, okay, six months and you'll be ready or eight months or a year or whatever that might be. But so much of how long it takes us as individuals to get ready for a marathon really comes down to our previous running experience, right? We're talking today about running your first marathon, but maybe you're someone who has been running half marathons um, for a few years already. And this is just an increase, just a bump up from the volume and, you know, what you've been taking on. Or maybe you're new to running and you don't have that much running experience. And so this is really going to be your first time following a training plan, building up mileage, doing running specific workouts, all of those types of things. So it really depends on where you're coming from. It also depends a lot on how injury prone you happen to be and what types of history or what injury history you might have. So I would say that if you are running your first marathon this year and you do not have a lot of running experience, not a lot of running history, then I would definitely want you to give yourself a minimum of six months minimum of six months to prepare for this race. And in there, you're going to want to have a couple of races. So you get some race experience so that you know what it feels like to have to, you know, plan and prepare and wake up super early to get to the start line and, and check your bag and, you know, what gear to wear and how to like eat and drink as you're running and just the the pressure that we can sometimes feel in race day. I want you to have some experience with that before you get to the start line for that very first race. If you have been running consistently, you've done lots of races before, you're a pretty experienced runner, you just haven't tackled a marathon before, then you're probably looking at something closer to like, you know, three months at the absolute minimum. Um, you know, and that would be somebody who's currently running quite a bit and just needs to do a, you know, 12 week marathon specific plan where you're increasing your volume and, and kind of getting yourself ready for that. But more like four or five months would be, you know, kind of the the ideal for someone who maybe is running, uh, but has quite a, a bit to build as, as a new ish runner. So if you're listening to this, uh, you know, you can kind of think about which category you might fall into. Are you someone who has a lot of running experience? just hasn't done a marathon before? Or is the marathon kind of part of the beginning of your running journey? And just make sure that you give enough time for yourself to plan and prepare accordingly. Otherwise, you can kind of add an extra layer of pressure when you feel like you're not ready by the time the race rolls around. Or of course, you're setting yourself up for injuries, um, either as you as you get ready for the race, if you're increasing your mileage too quickly, or on race day, you might run into trouble whether you know, it's um, just not being prepared, not having your fueling plan and your hydration plan kind of nailed down, not having your pacing strategy ready to go. Uh, you might really struggle when it comes to actually finishing the distance, which of course our number one goal for everyone is to cross that finish line. Crossing the finish line feeling good is, you know, obviously the great next goal. And then crossing the finish line uh, with a certain time goal in mind is kind of the next step from there. So that's my first tip is giving yourself enough time to prepare planning out your year or maybe even more than a year in advance to make sure that you're ready to tackle this. My second tip for you is to set a realistic goal for yourself. And I see a lot of newer runners who kind of go into running a marathon and they have a time goal in mind on their very first race. 
And I want you to kind of think about whether or not that is really, really necessary for you when you're doing a distance for the first time. A marathon is tough. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much you run. Running a marathon is hard work. And for anyone, you know, who can think back to their first marathon experience, there's a huge learning curve that goes along with it, even if you have experience with shorter race distances. So for a lot of people, the vast, vast majority of people, a realistic goal is going to be to cross the finish line and, and just to finish and to finish feeling good to finish without getting injured, to finish, um, you know, with energy to, you know, still feel like you're not just going to fall over and die at the end of that marathon, but you actually have some gas left in the tank. And, and you know, you want to think about goals like that. There's also a huge opportunity to not even be worried about, you know, how you feel across the finish line or anything like that, but to think about, okay, my goal for this race is to follow my fueling and hydration plan. You know, if you're someone who's maybe struggled with consistency with that stuff, my goal is to just make sure that I finish all my fuel at the time that I'm supposed to finish it, make sure that I drink as much as I'm supposed to drink. My goal is to not skip any water stations. Um, my goal is to follow my pacing strategy, whatever that might be. Um, it doesn't always have to be about just the finish line. Setting some process goals and some things, some tangible things that you have control over throughout the race can be incredibly helpful to make sure that, you know, the whole experience isn't hinging on that one thing. Because at the end of the day, we don't have control over what happens on the day of that race. Unfortunately, I wish we did, you know, for how hard so many of my clients work and for how much effort and time my clients and so many of you put into preparing for these races, you know, we want to say that, yes, we can guarantee that at the end of the day, at the end of that race, you are going to achieve your goal. But unfortunately, we just can't do that. Things can happen throughout the training cycle. And we can look back and say, either I had a great training cycle, or maybe I didn't, maybe I had some challenges during that training cycle. And I'm going into this race, not feeling as confident as I might be otherwise. At the end of the day, it actually doesn't really matter all that much because, you know, weather, race day anxiety, you could lose a bag, forget your fuel. Um, I had a client once who forgot his running shoes um, at home and had headed out to go to this race and he was traveling to another city didn't have his running shoes. So spent the day before the race running around trying to replace these running shoes that he had forgotten to pack. You know, so many things can happen despite our best efforts to prepare. Um, your alarm could not go off in the morning. You could be late getting start line. Whatever could happen that even if everything has gone perfectly with our training cycle, we could still not have the day that we maybe hoped for. The same goes for if someone doesn't have a great, you know, flawless training cycle, they could still have a really solid race day experience, provided they've set realistic goals for themselves. So step number two is set a realistic goal. And of course, working with someone on what that might look like for you is a great idea if you feel a little bit stuck. If you're not really sure what a realistic goal looks like, um, of course, you could always say, I just want to finish. But at the same time, um, you know, it might be helpful to kind of have some other things that you can work towards. My third tip, and this is a biggie, is don't view signing up for your first marathon as a simultaneous weight loss challenge. 
So I'd really discourage you from, you know, thinking that, okay, I'm going to sign up for this marathon. I'm going to do all this running. I have to lose some weight by doing all of this running. Because yes, when you increase your running volume, you are shifting the energy balance in your body. And that for some people can make it easier to lose weight or lose body fat. But that isn't always a flawless plan if we're looking at long-term sustainable weight loss and performance. Because running a marathon, training for a marathon, doing the things that we have to do to prepare our bodies to perform running 26.2 miles all at once requires energy, requires fuel, requires calories, not just to run the volume and just to do the training runs, but also to complete the recovery and make sure that we're repairing damaged muscle, make sure we're replacing that burned up muscle glycogen, making sure that we're fueled to be able to actually like perform well with our training and not just basically have to crawl across the finish line at the end because we're so depleted of energy. And so, like I said, are there people who take up marathon running and they have a pretty easy time losing weight and it seems to just be so easy for them? Yes. And there's, you know, definitely some genetics around that that play a big role. But that's not the case for everyone. In fact, that's not the case for the majority of us. And so we want to really be focusing on eating in a way that will optimize our performance. So fueling our bodies properly for the running that we're doing, timing our meals around our training schedule. So we have the energy to train, the energy to train, and of course, the um, nutrients that we need for recovery. And then, you know, do we want to be mindful about like extra kind of discretionary calories and maybe added sugars and things like that? Absolutely. But we don't want to get into that eat less, move more mindset, which I talked about a couple of times in some episodes in season one. Actually, episode one of season one of the podcast was why eat less, move more is keeping you stuck. So definitely go back and check that out if you haven't already listened to it. And then we want to focus on things that help to improve our body composition. The beautiful thing is that those are the same practices, fueling our body appropriately for the amount of training we're doing. That means the more running we're doing, the more fuel we need to eat and making sure that we've timed our meals around our training. So we have gas in the tank when we run and we're optimizing our recovery. So what I want you to do instead of kind of thinking about this as a weight loss challenge or a weight loss journey, when you start to really ramp up your running volume or running mileage is to instead shift your focus when it comes to your nutrition on, you know, optimizing your eating for performance. And with that goes improvements in your body composition. Probably, right? Again, nothing is ever going to be a guarantee here. But what we want to do is kind of set up our nutrition strategy to match what we're doing with our training. This concept is called nutrition periodization. And it's something that we talk about a lot in my programs, specifically the Fuel for Runners course and the Fuel Train Recover, um, my online signature program, which is where we teach runners exactly how to do this. So if you're struggling with your nutrition, matching your nutrition to your training, understanding how to eat depending on your running volumes, then I would definitely recommend checking out those programs as some great places to start getting that information dialed in. My fourth tip is to start practicing your fueling and hydration strategy right now. 
right now you want to start this. And it kind of ties into what I mentioned in tip number three, where I talked about timing your nutrition around your training. And this is especially important for your pre-run meal and your intra-run fueling. So let me explain a little bit more about that. I see this time and time again in the, you know, running Facebook groups that I'm part of. Somebody will say, you know, they'll pose a question to the group. Hey, you know, I signed up for this race. I've been training for this race. It's next weekend. And what should I eat the morning of the race? I normally train fasted, but what should I eat for breakfast the morning of my marathon? And unfortunately, if you only have a week left uh, between running and um, between now and when that marathon takes place, you're going to have a really hard time with your pre-run fueling strategy, especially if you're used to not fueling up beforehand and you don't bring any fuel with you. The day of the race is not the time to try anything new. And we know the golden rule of running is nothing new on race day. So even if you do have, you know, six months or maybe even more than that, before your event rolls around, I still want you to start practicing your fueling and your hydration plan as soon as possible. This includes not just getting some fuel in your body while you or before you run and while you run. So you're used to eating and drinking while you're on the go, because that's tough. You know, that's a hard thing to kind of learn how to do. Um, so definitely taking the time to start practicing that, but then also what gear you're going to bring with you. You know, are you somebody who doesn't mind running with a small water bottle in your hand? Are you someone who prefers a hydration pack? Do you want to have your electrolytes, your carbs, and your uh, liquids all in one, like a sports drink that you're just going to carry and sip with you, uh, sip as you go? Do you want to just drink water and then have, you know, your gels or your energy chews or maybe dried fruit or pretzels or something that you're going to snack on as you're running? These are things that you want to practice and feel really comfortable and confident with well before the actual race rolls around. So start practicing your fueling and hydration plan as soon as possible. My fifth tip is to find your mileage sweet spot. So this means how much running do you need to do to get ready for your first marathon? How many days a week is best for you when it comes to running? And this is something that is incredibly personal for all of us. Some people, if they, you know, the more they run, the better they do. And if, if the only thing that stops them is how much time they have to run, they are incredibly resilient and resistant to getting injured. They fuel and they hydrate properly. And in between their workouts, their recovery is fast enough that it's okay for them to run a lot and to run often. There are certainly people out there that this is the case. There are other people where, you know, if they're trying to run too much, trying to run too many days a week, too many back-to-back -back workouts, their recovery just isn't fast enough. And they're actually increasing their risk of injury by just doing too much too soon. So for marathon training, you know, I definitely would recommend running four days a week at the minimum. I, you can get ready for a marathon running a little bit less than that, like three days a week. But I think four days a week is, you know, probably more ideal. You can try running five days a week. You know, you can definitely um, check that out as part of this process. Again, this is why I want to have enough time to prepare so we can try different things and figure out what works for us. Maybe five days a week is better for you, but maybe you're better off doing slightly longer runs, slightly less often and having a little bit more recovery time in between. 
everyone's going to be a little bit different. So spending some time, not worrying about what other people are doing, but finding your mileage sweet spot and the amount of running that works best for you is my fifth tip. My sixth tip, and this kind of goes along with tip number five, is to uh, make sure you don't skip your strength training. Don't skip your strength training. If you are new to marathon running or if you're new to running in general, you might be under the impression at this point that running a marathon is just all about the running. And all you need to do is run, run a lot, run enough, and you'll be prepared. And while definitely the running is the main component of our training and is a very important part of our training, it's not the only thing that we need to do to get ourselves ready. Strength training is incredibly important for helping us to build and maintain muscle, which translates into better running performance, better running capabilities. But second to that, strength training can also help us be more resistant to getting injured. It can help us to correct any small things with our running mechanics or our running form that might not be optimal. And of course, these are things that if we're running 5K, not a problem, right? We're not going to notice that this is an issue at a shorter distance. But as you increase that mileage, are doing more and more and more running, more and more and more repetitions of that running motion, it can start to add up and these small issues can become bigger problems just as we build up that volume. So strength training, and this doesn't have to be only like very specific, specialized um, strength training for runners kinds of movements. And to be fair, there aren't really that many um, things that are like super running specific that are out there. We do want to spend some time doing things that require us to be on one foot. So challenging our balance and the stabilizer muscles in our hips, that's definitely something to include because that's a huge part of our, you know, proper running mechanics comes from the hips. But also, you know, we want to just be generally strengthening our core, our legs, our glutes, even our upper body, you know, is something that we want to make sure we have balance in our arm swing. We want to make sure we have, um, you know, good posture as we're running or not maybe leaning over, leaning forward. You know, there's lots that goes into it. So a full body strength program is pretty much all you need. You can definitely add on some running specific exercises here and there as well. This is something that we also include inside the Fuel Train Recover Club. You'll find my top exercises that I love to include in runner's programming, um, as well as I have a free strength training guide that you can actually download. You can get the link for that in the show notes. And again, it links to some YouTube videos that walk you through uh, my top exercises that I really think all runners can benefit from including in their strength program. So... Just to recap, tips number five and six are about finding the right amount of running volume for you, not worrying about what everyone else is doing, and really just figuring out what your mileage sweet spot is that helps you get better, build up your running endurance, build up your cardiovascular fitness without kind of tipping the balance into injury risk. And then, of course, we want to include that strength training two to three times a week is perfect. My seventh tip is to include mental training in your plan. Um, this is something that I think is really beneficial when we're talking about marathoning specifically, because it is a hard mental game. Running a marathon is just as much mental as it is physical. And so we want to have some tools in place 
whether that's some positive self-talk, that's some exercises and strategies to kind of help us focus and really dig in when the going gets tough. There are going to be hard moments and low moments in your training on race day. There's going to be points in time when you're really questioning, like, can I do this? Am I cut out for this? Why did I sign up for this bloody race? We all are going to go through that at some point in time as we're going through these processes. And so rather than, you know, giving up or or quitting or, or being really hard and down on ourselves, having some mental training in there is a fantastic idea. In season one, I did sit down with sport psychologist Shannon Mukaki, and she actually gave us some great tips and talked to us about um, about mental training and you know some of the sport psychology stuff, which was so awesome. So please go back and check out that episode from season one if you haven't already. It was a really, really good one. I definitely got a ton out of it. And then, of course, my eighth tip is that with our training, we want to include some race-specific training. And the best way to do this, the best way to include race-specific training in your marathon plan is to look at the race course and plan workouts around that. So look at the race course and know what it is you need to work on. And I'll give you an example. Let's say you are running a race and it is going to be in a very hilly area. There's a lot of hills um, and you can see, you can look at the race course and of course online, there's always um, Facebook groups and forums and stuff like that, that you can find more details and more information about the course. But you can look at the course elevation and you can see, you know, sometimes it'll even show you kind of that side view or that, that map of what the the ups and downs and what the elevation change kind of looks like over the course of that over the course of that marathon. This is really important because if you are living in a flat place, so I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, it is flatter than flat here. And so if you're running the Manitoba Marathon, the biggest hill that we have in our Manitoba Marathon is the um overpass on the highway that goes in and out of where the race starts and ends. That's the only hill. So do you need to do a lot of like hill specific training for running the Manitoba Marathon? You do not, right? This race is more about, you know, volume, um, possibly preparing to run in the heat because we have some years that it is incredibly hot here. And that's pretty much it. But if you're running a different race, you know, somewhere that maybe there's there's more hills, there's mountains or something like that, especially if that's not where you come from and that's not where you live, you're traveling to a race like that, then absolutely you're going to want to work on hills, doing those hill repeats, things like that to get that race-specific training. Now, if you have a specific time goal in mind, then again, you're going to want to include some training as part of your plan that focuses in on that. If your goal is, of course, just to cross the finish line because it is your first marathon, then, you know, your race specific training might really be more just about volume and just about getting in the miles, um, you know, the fueling and the hydration and feeling good as you do that. But including some race specific training and getting your information about what race specific training looks like, depending on the race course of what you've signed up for. Again, this is something that I sometimes see people will pose a question online and in different groups and say, you know, what should I do to prepare for this race? You know, what kind of workouts should I do to prepare for this race? And it depends on the race that you're running. So looking at that. My ninth tip is to get help where you need it. A marathon is a big deal. And your first marathon, I want you to have a wonderful, beautiful experience of 
signing up and training and running and the feeling of accomplishment that goes along with getting that medal. I want everyone to have that. And, you know, if we sign up for something, maybe we don't give ourselves enough time to prepare, we don't set a realistic goal, we're under fueling, we're not hydrating, we're not strength training, we're getting injured, we're, you know, whatever it is, we're, we're not doing all those, those positive things to get ourselves ready then we can end up having a really crappy race day, you know, a really crappy race experience where we just kind of slog through, we feel awful, we just barely make it, maybe we don't make it, we hurt, like we're dying. It's just a terrible experience. And that can cause a lot of people to want to stop running, want to quit, right? If you have an absolutely traumatic first marathon, it's really hard to kind of get up the motivation to want to do that all over again if it was just pain and suffering the entire time. But it doesn't have to be that way. And I'm not saying a marathon is ever going to be easy, but if you have the right help and support and the right knowledge and skills and strategies, then all of a sudden it can become so much more enjoyable, so much more enjoyable. Whether this is, you know, figuring out what is a realistic goal for you, getting some help with your training plan, getting someone to help you with your fueling and your hydration. If you are stuck and if you are struggling, then I highly, highly recommend that you get some help when and where you need it. Don't wait until it's a week before your race. Don't wait until the last minute. Don't wait until you are so in the depths of feeling so bad about how this is going that you're just, you know, completely frazzled and desperate prepare in advance. You know, you've got time now. We're looking ahead. We're we're thinking about things that are coming up four, five, six months or more down the road. And so there's plenty of time to think about where maybe you're going to need some help. Make sure that you've got those experts ready to go. If you need help with your fueling or with your training, then, you know, I would love for you to consider joining the Fuel Train Recover Club or checking out my Fuel for Runners online course. These are, um, you know, two different program options that I have that have been created specifically for runners. Everything in there, all the content, all the modules, all the discussion is centered around running and how, you know, you as a runner can really fuel more effectively not just during your training runs, not just during your races, but your day-to-day nutrition, how you can really optimize that to make sure you get everything you want to out of this process. If you need help with training plans, you need some coaching to, you know, figure out how do you know what to work on for speed workouts or hill workouts, given the race course that you're going to be running, all kinds of things like that, then the Fuel Train Recover Club and the Fuel for Runners course are two that I would love for you to consider. Now, my 10th tip, this is the last one for today. My final tip for today's podcast episode is to have fun and trust the process. Now, with the the great big to-do list that I already gave you, you might be thinking like, Steph, how am I supposed to have fun doing this? This is, you know, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Try not to. Remember, it is a process. You will get to where you want to go if you just take it one day at a time. Remembering that all we can do are take those daily action steps that add up to big results over time. We don't have control over the outcome, but we have control over what we do each and every day to get us closer to reaching and achieving our goal. And if we can just trust that process, trust that we're doing the right things, we have those right steps and building blocks to get to where we want to go, it can make the whole process more fun right? Because we can relax a little bit. We can give up that that false sense of control that we might feel like we need to have around all of this. 
and just have some fun with it. You know, if you're not having fun, then what's the point, right? We're spending hours and hours and hours of our time preparing for a marathon. And if you hate it, and if you're not enjoying yourself, then it's just, it's just not a good use of your time. And it's, you know, something that's going to be that much more difficult for you to continue with. So have fun, trust the process. And I hope that you have a wonderful first marathon in 2024, or maybe 2025 or 2026, or whenever you happen to be listening to this episode. I really wish you all the best. And I hope that it is something that sparks many, many more races to come in your running career. That is all for today's episode. I want to thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today, spending a little bit of time with me listening to how you can get ready for your very first marathon. I mentioned a couple of resources throughout this episode for runners for you if you are looking for some help with your nutrition and training. The first thing that I mentioned was my free strength training guide for runners. I have that bundled together with my fueling guide for runners. Both of these are available for free. They're just um, downloads that will get sent to your inbox to click on the link in the show notes to check that out. And then, of course, if you're looking for even more help, um, you know, you check out those guides, they give you some good tips and good pointers, but you really want to ask some questions and you want to really work with somebody and get a little bit more coaching with your nutrition and or with your training. Then, of course, I would love to invite you to check out the Fuel Train Recover Club or the Fuel for Runners online course. That's it for today. We will see you back next week. Bye for now. The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used or relied upon for the diagnosis or treatment of any health condition. This information does not create a client-practitioner relationship and should not be used as a substitute for professional medical advice.